I became worried some years ago about the difficulties that students were having, postgraduate students were having, opting to do a piece of ethnography. I mean, most decent pieces of ethnography involve your immersion in a particular cultural subculture for a period of, I would say, at least two years. If you're talking about writing up this work, you're talking about three years. Now, as funding for postgraduate study began to decline, and as the urge to get published increased as a result of the Research Excellence Framework, it wasn't surprising that academics, young academics, were pushed towards producing papers quickly, uh, little empirical papers which could be done using surveys and be done using questionnaires, being done using very small samples, which didn't involve all those months, those years of sitting alongside the people you were studying. So it seemed to me that we needed to give a push to ethnography, to celebrate it a little more, particularly as, as it was so important to the content of our programme. So we thought that by giving this award we would increase the attention that was paid to ethnography, perhaps by people who were dishing out research grants, perhaps to those people who were heads of departments and were pushing their young researchers to produce and say, hold on a little bit, a piece of ethnography is extremely valuable. Uh, and because, after all, it did carry a thousand pounds, which, I mean, may not seem an enormous amount of money, perhaps, to us sitting across the table from each other, but nevertheless, to a young researcher who's scrambling to sort of get by, uh, it might mean the difference between being able to produce a further piece of ethnography or to go back to some simple quantitative study they could do in a couple of months with a questionnaire and a few hundred respondents. That was important. But I think we also wanted to honour the past of ethnography. I mean, I always found in teaching that the easiest way to interest people in social science was to take them back to some great ethnographies, to take them back to the Chicago School, to take them back to Thrasher's study of the gang, Cloud and Olin's delinquency and opportunity, to take them back to Doc and the boys in street corner society, to take them back to those early Chicago studies and immerse them alongside the researchers, in a town, in a place, in a people, in a subculture. And when people did that, what it did was to enable them to see that other ways of thinking were possible, that it was possible to take drugs and yet in the rest of your life to behave rationally, possible to run with a gang and yet be a decent, reasonable, humane sort of person. What it did was to take 18, 19-year-old people who hadn't experienced other cultures, they'd only known their own little milieu, plunge them into another culture where there were quite different presuppositions, quite different ideas about how you should live, quite different ideas about how you should relate to other people, quite different ideas about what you thought of women and other men, quite different ideas about what you thought about drugs. If you did this, you upset their common sense. You broke them away from conventional opinions because they were forced to contemplate the fact that here were people who were acting and thinking in completely different ways to themselves, but the ethnographer had worked so well upon this material that what they produced seemed reasonable and rational. It somehow made sense that people in these circumstances should act in this way. And that's the wonder of ethnography. It should disturb your conventional ways of thinking and acting and presuming. It should change all those. It should, it's like bouleverse, if you like, your existing attitudes, preconceptions and prejudices. So ethnography 
does that importantly. And that's another reason for handing out £1,000 to someone who shows that they've mastered ethnographic craft. <laughs>